Dealing with constant changes, not easy. Letting go of my inner perfectionist, ooh, not easy. But crossing a few things off my financial to-do list, surprisingly simple. Regents tools and advice make it easy to manage your money. From podcasts and webinars to budget and savings calculators, we'll help you find your financial comfort zone. Those few little financial tweaks have made a big difference. Check off some financial to-dos at regents.com slash brave the beginning. Regents Bank, member FDIC. Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning, member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. Thank you, Mike Salmon, for that introduction again. We appreciate that. You sound like you're live with me. Uh, Appreciate you. Um, so welcome to Regions Business Radio, Episode 4. Uh, it is uh, March 12th, uh, 2021, and there's a lot going on uh, in the business world, in our culture, in our society, and uh, we're happy that you've chosen to spend a few minutes with us to, uh, to hear a little bit about what's going on uh, at Regions Bank. I got a great guest with me today, good friend Ty Smith. He runs our private wealth group. I'm going to introduce him to you. Uh, uh, more robustly here in a few minutes, but um, you know, so welcome to Regions Business Radio again. Just a couple things to to touch bases on um, currently. Uh, talk for a moment about uh, what's being referred to as PPP two. Um, all banks, a lot of small businesses, certainly at Regions, we're throwing a lot of resources, rightfully so, uh, at the PPP two uh, uh, stimulus program. Um, just want to uh, mention to our listeners that if you haven't consulted uh, with your CPA uh, to consider if round two of PPP is appropriate for your company, uh, we encourage you to do that. Um, always consult with your uh, tax advisor uh, in making those decisions. Um, but PPP2 uh, will close out at the end of March as it currently sits. So, uh, if you're a small to mid-sized business and uh, you have yet to apply for the second round of PPP, uh, please do consult with your uh, CPA or tax consultant and uh, apply at your bank. Um, I'm not, again, we, we sponsor the show and it's called Regions Business Radio, but we respect relationships. So if you're a small business owner, executive, and you haven't applied yet, please talk to your CPA and your bank um, because there is a need. Uh, for these funds, and we encourage uh, encourage you all to do that. Also, uh, wow, we're we're in tax season. Um, our CPA friends, those that are listening, and those that are too busy to listen because they're pushing a lot of paper right now. Um, it is tax season. A lot of decisions are being made, both professionally and personally, in regards to uh, everything from from distributions to capital expenditures. Uh, IRA contributions for 2020, things of that nature. Um, I would just, uh, and if you go back to our first episode with Jeff Forstall, Forstall CPAs, uh, we had a we had sort of a, a round t- roundtable geek session around how uh, tax strategy affects how you look to your bank. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't sort of echo that a little bit and say, um, certainly follow the advice of your CPA, but remember. Sometimes those decisions that you make in regards to tax planning 
can have an effect on how your financials look to a lending institution. Um, and I do think that that's a fair conversation that all business owners should have with their CPA. It's, it's sort of duofold. It is, how do we manage our tax liability? And if I do this, how do I, how do I look to my bank? Um, remember, if you're an executive or a business owner and you have, for example, lines of credit or term debt, um, the decisions that you make may impact things like a debt service coverage covenant that you may have. Or, um, you know, if you take a lot of cash out of the company at the end of the year and it affects your balance sheet, then your bank may have some questions about that, and rightfully so if you have a lot of credit outstanding. So um, just given this time of year uh, and, and my intro, I just thought that I would remind everyone that's listening, um, number one, look at PPP if you haven't. And number two, do include your banker in your conversation with your year-end tax planning with your tax consultant. So um, just a couple of, of, of ideas there uh, for you as you run your business, uh, regardless of how complex, I would say include your banker uh, in those conversations with your CPA. So uh, that's our intro today. Um, I'm very excited about my guest, as I mentioned a few moments ago. But before I ask him to introduce himself, um, we do have an additional disclaimer today that, that, I, that I'm going to read for our audience. And uh, because of the nature of our conversation today and, and Ty's responsibility at the bank, um, we need to disclose this. Investments are not FDIC insured, are not bank guaranteed, they may lose value, and are not deposits, are not a condition of any banking activity, and are not insured by any government entity. This for information is provided for educational and general marketing purposes only and should not be construed as a recommendation or suggestion as to the advisability of acquiring, holding, or disposing of a particular investment, nor should it be construed as a suggestion or indication that the particular investment or investment course of action described herein is appropriate for any specific investor. Um, we're not giving investment advice today, but I am introducing you to a, uh, uh, a great banker, an excellent man, and a great leader, and his name is Ty Smith. Ty, welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, J.D., for having me on. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, we're happy that you're here, not only on the show, uh, but, but your, your tenure with Regions is, is settling in, but um, we're both kind of still new guys, so welcome there as well. How's it been for you since you've joined? Oh, it's great. You know, my two-year anniversary is going to be coming up in April, so I'm looking forward to that. And Regions, for me, has just been a world-class organization. Um, I, I just sincerely enjoy the people that I have the pleasure of working with every day. It's been great to tag team with you on, on different opportunities, serving clients and trying to be out in the marketplace. Um, I love where the company is headed in terms of just our senior leadership and, and the path and the roadmap that we've got set forth. Um, it, it's nothing but upside for us. Really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, ditto. I mean, our, our, our teams work well together. Um, we have, I, I think we both share a lot of great talent in the market. And, um, you know, we're both trying to build something new um, together. So I'm excited about that. So prior, prior to Regions, where were you kicking around and what were you doing? Sure. I had worked at a few firms that some of the folks on might be familiar with way, way long ago. I, I had started my career with an organization named First Union, which I'm sure folks are familiar with out in the marketplace. And then Wachovia, Wells Fargo, a little bit of time at PNC, and then joined Regents uh, just shy of two years ago. Um, all of those organizations um, 
were, were just great foundational pieces for me to make me and sort of get me to the place where I'm at today. When I think about those aspects of my career, I mean, there, there were times where I was working in the branches, you know, uh, working as an assistant branch manager, working the teller line and f- fixing the ATM and doing those kind of things, um, and then managing the overall branch, um, moving over into the investment world and working with clients. I've spent quite a bit of time um, on the investment side of our business, being a portfolio manager, actually managing client portfolios and making those decisions of uh, Coke versus Pepsi. Of course, Coke, you know, or, or someone like that always did favorably if I was in Atlanta. Um, along with just helping clients build just great portfolios um, that, that really could stand the test of time. I'd spent a little bit of time on the charitable side of our business, uh, just working with clients who had foundations and endowments or wanted to create donor advised funds, those kind of vehicles. And uh, and then in another role, I worked on the institutional side, which is a little bit closer to you, working with 401k clients, you know, pension plans, foundation endowment assets, uh, just a well-rounded portfolio that's led me to this role of being with Regions and as the private wealth executive for the region. Yeah. Well, what an impressive title, by the way. Mr. Oh, th- thank you. Somebody had to make that <laughs> up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are blessed to have you, and our customers, our clients are blessed to have you, and the team you've built is really, really strong. Stellar, great experience, and um, and, and your leadership thereof, I think, is making a huge impact um, across our footprint as it relates to us specifically in, uh, let's just say, North Georgia. But give me a, give me a feel for uh, your vision for sort of North Georgia and specifically the Gwinnett area. You know, do you know it well? Do we got some strategies around here? You know, just talk Gwinnett for a second. Sure. Well, um, you know, what's so exciting for me is if you look at the path that just the greater Georgia Atlanta region is on for, for what our future looks like. And there's lots of statistics that you can find out there at, at the ARC, the Atlanta Regional Commission, that just talks about the growth that's expected. Um, there are certain counties like Gwinnett that are just going to explode in terms of population, business owners, opportunity. And that just gives everyone an opportunity to thrive and be successful. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, Atlanta has been just an incredible home for me. I've been here twice. I was here the first time from 1998 to 2004. And then I've been back the second time from 2010 to present. And so Atlanta, you know, I originally grew up in Virginia, and and that's my my original home. But um, Atlanta really has become my second home and just a dynamic place to work. Uh, with with lots of great people and and really if you, if you don't mind i'd love to just take a second just to talk about the team that we've assembled to go to market and what that looks like and why it's important and and and, and what what that means is so my role is i'm the you know regional private wealth executive really covering georgia and south carolina but certainly atlanta gwinnett um, all the surrounding counties are a huge focus of that and part of our growth plan and when i think about how we go to market there's a couple of different team members that you would see that, that, that really play a major part on our wealth team helping us take care of clients. And so you, you have me as the lead executive, and, 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 and along with how we go to market, you're typically gonna see a wealth advisor who probably would be the first person that a client gets to meet. And that wealth advisor, their role is to think broadly across anything and everything that could be happening in a client's financial picture, whether that's credit opportunities, hey, I'd, I'd love to consider a mortgage for that beach house I'm looking at or that aspirational cabin in the woods that I always wanted, um, whether that client or prospect has questions around investments, trust, wills, estate planning, whatever, insurance needs. Mm-hmm. That wealth advisor is thinking broadly across that spectrum of what possibly could happen, what's important to this client, and most importantly, trying to be a good listener Ooh. and understanding their mission, their vision, their values, and where that client or where that family wants to go. All right, I'm calling a timeout. That is incredible. And we got more people to introduce. 
and 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 this is just how it rolls with me. So so you want you want your folks to be a good listener. Yeah, we we espouse that too on the commercial side. How is that different from advisors of the past? You know, I, I think what's happened relative to what's happened in the past is. You know, we as advisors have to continually refine and bring our A game every day and challenge ourselves to just get that 10 or 20% better every year, every day we're on stage. Mm -hmm. And I found over time um, where we really bring value is instead of being in the client session and thinking about, okay, here are the different buckets or here are the different needs that a client might have, the value we bring is probably asking the questions that the client hasn't even asked mm. or answered themselves, almost kind of leading them to their own epiphanies. And or, or realizing that, gosh, you know, now that I think about it, or now that you've explained this to me, I didn't realize I had that much of a gap in terms of an insurance need. Um, I, I didn't realize, hey, I'm running this thriving business, we're doing well in terms of driving revenue, but you know, the last time I looked at protecting um, my, my, my stay-at-home spouse or, or my children, um, it, the last time I checked on this, I had just a small term life insurance policy for $250,000 and I've grown 10X over that amount. I didn't realize I wasn't protected. And so by asking the right questions in that session and really trying to unlock what's important to the client, what are the things that are keeping them awake at night, um, where aspirationally are they trying to go, and really trying to understand them well, what you begin to see happen in these relationships is you almost start to turn the corner to where the client connects with you and they really start to understand this person gets me this person understands me they understand how important my children are they understand the importance of I've got a special needs child at home that I haven't planned for and if my wife and I were to disappear who's going to take care of them mm -hmm. and ensure and protect their future yeah those are the real questions that are keeping people up at night and and for us they have the opportunity to, to sit side by side with clients and align with them strategically to pursue those goals, fulfill those goals, and, 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 and give them peace of mind that everything's gonna be okay is, is honestly an, an awesome responsibility that we have every day that we get to fulfill. And that's why I'm so excited about the role. Yeah, you, you bring up, I love these conversations. You, you bring up, we, we celebrate on the commercial side. If we're ever in a meeting, and a client or a prospect responds akin to, well, I've never thought of that before. We feel like we've done a really good job of asking the right questions if we hear that from a customer. Um, and it sounds to me, you know, I, I have way back in my history, you know, a period at, at a brokerage house. And, and the senior partner would send me to the fax machine. I'd get the sell sheet. I'd get the buy sheet. And, you know, We'd have to call all of our customers and sell the sales and buy the buys. That's not that's not what you're doing. No, not at all. Uh, we first seek to understand. We first seek to. I mean, I, I've been in sessions where we've probably spent the first hour, hour and a half, two hours simply asking questions, trying to understand what's important, wh what's critical to you, um, what are those pieces of your picture that you haven't solved for that 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 have been bothering you that that, that sort of are in the back of your mind. We need to get to that place first in terms of connecting with clients before we have any sort of recommendation as to where they need to go or how they should pivot. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that brings up a good conversational point, too. And I know we got more to talk about, but but the idea behind it is um, we may have the answers that our clients are looking for, but we don't go into the meeting just offering up answers. 
You get what I'm saying? I mean, there's got to be a back and forth, and you guys do a really good job with that. Yeah, there, um, there has to be. We've had we've had experiences, shared experiences, of course, no names, where those meetings occur, and and people that light bulb goes off on top of their head that that well we haven't thought of that before. Um, so private wealth uh, private wealth advisors are sort of the quarterback. They're they're sort of the the, 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 the person that, that takes the lead, who else do we have on our team? to? Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry to go back to this. As I hear you talking, I want to I take two steps back. Uh, paint a picture for me real quick for the rest of the conversation of who in our audience are we talking to? You know, we say prospect, we say client. You know, if there's somebody listening, they've downloaded this or we've sent it out and they're listening to it now, in your mind, who is it? Who is it that we're talking to? Sure. Well, and really to answer that question, it, it probably makes sense to paint the picture of how Regents goes to market and serves clients. Okay. And so we've got incredible resources. When, when you think about probably the first touch point for most of our clients, it's going to be our consumer channel led, led by Sharon Hightower, who just does a fantastic job, and our branch network, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and so that branch network is out there heavy in, in our communities here in the, in the local area. And that network can serve people all up and down the scale. Um, wh- whether it's, um, you know, the traditional person who's maybe working at, at the tire factory, whether it's the corporate executive who's running a dynamic business, um, whether it's that, that doctor and she's driving her practice and, and, and taking great care of patients, we can serve everybody. But I think what happens is as those individuals and families start to build their wealth and, and they start to get this feeling of, hey, I've got a little something here. You know, I want to watch this a little closer. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. love to get some additional advice because we're talking, you know, some, some real money here at this point. Um, probably when clients start to approach that, you know, half million, million dollars and above okay. sort of liquidity place um, where they're looking at, hey, I'd like to, I'm, I'm busy doing what I do to drive results, but I'd like to have someone else sort of get into the picture and maybe give me some insightful advice around my investments or hey, are my ducks in a row when it comes to estates or wills or planning or for those who might be left behind if I'm not here? Once they start to get into those levels of probably 500000 or a million of liquidity, maybe an overall net worth that's getting into that three, five, ten million 10000000 range, mm-hmm. um, that's really where we serve clients well okay. and, and, and do our best work. And is that, uh, is that uh, you know, assets acquired through, uh, you know, just, just business income? Is it, I mean, is... Do you, do, do you really care where, where the assets uh, come from or just that they're no, there? It, 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 and, and that's all over the map. So we've got folks who are traditional um, you know, workers in corporate America, and they've built up big uh, IRAs, big 401ks. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're IRAs that they've rolled over to an investment firm from a different provider when, when they left that company after 10 years of service. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got business owners who, and a lot of business owners that we work with, have incredible amounts of wealth inside their business, and they have a reasonable amount of liquidity, but they may not see um, really, really significant liquidity until there's that business sale or that transaction, or maybe their business has gone from 10 million in revenue to 20 or 30 or 50, and, and they've gone from paying themselves you know, $300,000 a year to, hey, now I'm paying myself 500,000 or 750, and I can afford to make some other moves or, or take some other um, chances or, or invest a different way um, and, and grow my wealth a different way, diversify things mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's, it's all over the map in terms of what our ideal prospect look like, and they come from all those different walks of life. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, that, that's perfect. I'm sorry to chase down there. I just thought if somebody's listening and they're saying, well, I wonder if Ty's talking about me. The answer is yes. Yes, we're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear. We are talking about you. Yes, and, uh, and we have a great team. So uh, private wealth advisors, our quarterback, and then what, what happens yes. after that? And then really working side by side with our wealth advisors, you would find probably three or four other team members who just do an excellent job. Um, in this market, we've got approximately 25 team members who are out serving the private wealth space. And so along with um, those of us who are executives who are leading our business, uh, and, and then you've got the wealth advisor who really, as I said, is the point of attack uh, working with the clients. Side by side with them would be typically a trust advisor. And that trust advisor would normally be just a deep fiduciary expert mm -hmm. who probably would have a great understanding of different trust vehicles, estate planning techniques, making sure that uh, documents are in order, um, and we don't do that by ourselves. You know, we're, we're doing that side by side with a client's CPAs, their attorney. So, so our approach isn't to come in and displace anyone that is currently working with clients. It's really to complement the work mm. that's going on and make an even more well-rounded team in terms of how we serve you the client. Gotcha. So you've got the trust advisor that's in there. Uh, you're going to have a portfolio manager. Uh, we've got a couple of folks here in the local market who are just great at what they do, and they're going to be the folks that are watching the money. Um, you know, that's the person that we want, sort of staring at that screen, going from red to green. Uh, red, you know, red being a bad day, green being a good day, and and helping make good long-term sound investment decisions. You know, our our team members, portfolio managers, aren't day traders. That that's not the business that we serve. Mm -hmm. um, we're really longer-term asset managers. Okay. trying to pull together just the smartest and the best and the brightest in the business to build portfolios that can stand the test of time. When you say asset managers, are we only talking about stock bond portfolios? No. Um, along with doing that type of uh, more traditional work, we also have expertise in real estate. Uh, we, we have a real estate um, professional that's here in the local market, uh, mm -hmm. natural resources, oil, gas, timber, all those different aspects of what we do to serve clients are, are here located in the, the, the Georgia Atlanta market. And, and that's exciting because those are real components of a client's picture. Yeah. Clients just don't yeah. own stocks and bonds. That's right. There, there may be that, uh, hey, I've got you know 200 acres of pine located in far south Georgia. Uh, there may be those, yes, I've got some different um, interest or mineral rights or things like that that I've inherited over time, uh, maybe from a parent that, that's passed away. Mm -hmm. so, so it goes beyond just the traditional investments. It's anything and everything that could be in a client's picture. Um, you know, We've encountered situations where um, clients have 50 or 100 uh, rental properties that they've just amassed over the course of time. And, and they're looking for, hey, you know, as I start to, to age out and as I'm looking forward to retiring and doing something that I actually enjoy, <laughs> maybe not managing real estate day to day, um, how, how can I partner with someone to help, um, you know, exit out of those transactions or monetize those assets and resources or just come up with a better plan because it's getting a little bit unwieldy trying to manage all oh, that. Yeah. yeah, so we yeah. have the capability to serve all those needs. You know, you, uh, um, again, um, just sort of going back, I'm thinking about our branch personnel. I always love to try and recognize some of them um, just because they're, they're, they're in the market. We always mention Kathy Haywood and Dwayne Coleman. You know, that's, uh, that's Duluth and Swanee. We got Raquel Smith out in Decula and, and others. I mean, from top to bottom, meaning either way you go, our, our, our broad team is uh, high quality, engaging, always looking to help. Um, and I think that that partnership works really well because our, our core values at regions sort of flow through all of us. Um, so, we, so we got 
trust advisors, we've got portfolio managers, wealth. So we're what I'm hearing you talk about is we're building a team around a family or around an individual to help them accomplish what it now as I get as I sort of get older, I'm beginning to think about things dramatically differently than I did. Sure, even five we, years ago. We can help you too, JD. You're, you're in there. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, we're, we're also speaking to you. I don't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know the um, but the idea is a team, a team of professionals. And you mentioned it. I think it's I think it bears worth repeating that we're not looking just to say, hey, we're the exclusive, you know, team for you. We are part of the exclusive team that includes your current. Like you said, CPA, tax advisor, uh, attorney. Who did we miss on our team? Because you know, you know, the other critical role that's on our team would be the wealth strategist, and it sounds kind of similar to a wealth advisor. You've got wealth advisor thinking broadly across lots of different needs that that a client may present. Um, the wealth strategist. Some people may think of them sort of along those lines of a financial planner or, or someone in that mm-hmm. world. Um, I really think the value that a wealth strategist brings to the table, along with all those other team members, is that's really going to be the individual that helps understand the complete financial picture and plan that a client may have, almost sort of like creating a life plan. Mm. And and I think once we understand the different components of what's out there in a client's financial picture, uh, we, we've got some really... Uh, great tools that that give us the ability to sort of put all that into some software and some different resources that we use and really help model out for a client okay if my goal is i want to retire in 10 years um, i'm at a great company or hey i'm a thriving doctor and i'm running a great practice um, with, with lots of clients um, how do i get home over the next 10 years if that's my goal if i'm making x level of income Maybe there's an inheritance that's coming on board, unfortunately, from a parent that may be deceased or something like that. Uh, what does the total picture look like? And that's really the role that they fulfill is joining us to pull together that complete picture and really do some modeling and take a look at some scenarios of, hey, even if we have a, a COVID situation take place that just you know sort of came out of left field and surprised everybody or another dot-com bust. I mean, there's, there's always going to be something that happens that upsets the market or creates mm-hmm. or puts us all back on our heels a little bit. Um, you know, the next one could be a, a couple of years out. I mean, who knows? That's the value of having a plan. And I think where you see clients have lots of confidence is when they have a plan, when they stick with the plan during rough times, (laughs) we're able to refocus them on their plan. And and part of that refocus is, okay, even though there's been a blip that has, you know, made things go sideways here for the the past three months, six months, 12 months, maybe it's another six months uh, where we're enduring the COVID situation. you know, the value here is as long as we're sticking to the plan, as long as we're sticking to do what we committed to do, at some point when we get to five years, eight years, 10 years out, this is going to look like a, a blip on that radar screen in terms of what unfolded. And we're still going to be tracking right toward the goals that we sat down and set for you 10 years ago. Yeah. That's that's the value of having a plan is staying focused on executing the plan. Right. Yeah. Yep. Staying focused and executing is, I mean, I would think... Uh, you know, as as you're explaining the team, I would I would think much like us in the commercial side, the 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 a difficult piece of it is we've shared all this information, we've collected your information, Mr. and Ms. Client. You've shared with us where you want to go. We've given you the roadmap to get you there. What's holding us back from going? You know, I mean, there you get to a point where it all sounds good, and then work takes over or something happens at a client's business or 
and and then it gets pushed to the to the back burner again. You got to stick with this stuff. Yeah, you, you do. And and you know, and there's another group that that helps support the team. And I and I can't forget about them. It's really our assistant population. Mm-hmm. And so even though you may have a you know trust advisor, wealth advisor, portfolio manager, a wealth strategist out there taking care of clients, um, the reality is we have an incredible group of assistants that are supporting the work that we do day to day to keep things moving. And, and, and so whether it's, you know, paperwork or wire transfers or moving money or just getting things set up and established or working with our operational teams to make sure that clients get onboarded properly, that they have a great client experience every single day. Um, it's really our assistant population that steps in there and also supports all those other team members I mentioned. And so we've got a fantastic group. Um, I, I enjoy working with them day to day. And, and quite frankly, they're, they're the real brains of the operation. <laughs> the, the, the rest of us are just out here playing our role. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, most of the time our customers think of them before they ever think of us. They do. And they yeah. probably touch them five to ten times, almost sometimes more than they touch our actual advisors. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Uh, you mentioned COVID. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's prompted a lot of people to look at their own financial situation. Um, how how has this pandemic, number one, affected your interaction with your clients, and then number two, sort of overall from a planning standpoint? You know, because we're still we're still here. I mean, I look at the numbers every day. There, it, it's still you know somewhat. Uh, I don't I don't know if I want to say political or cultural, or, but but it's still with us. It is. Clearly, uh, you know, so so how's that impacted values or portfolios or how you uh, first off, let's talk about how you interact with your clients, because that's changed dramatically. It, it, it has. And, you know, I think for all of us, I mean, this has just been um, a real big learning experience in lots of different ways. And, and certainly there are some folks who had unfortunate outcomes and lost family members or lost friends. You know, I've got a couple of those situations um, and I'm, I'm sure most people know someone that's been affected by this. Um, and, and certainly all of us have really been on lockdown for some degree and not able to do some of the things that we wanted or children haven't been in school and and whatnot. But I think as it relates to specifically our business and and private wealth, I think it was a, it was really an incredible opportunity for us to engage and interact with our clients a different way. You know, typically we may have these three or four team members, you know, that are traveling around the marketplace and and, uh, trying to connect with a client in their businesses or at their homes or, or whatever it might be, whatever's convenient for them. And to now for this to flip fairly quickly to trying to engage by, of course, by phone and conference calls, but also to use those resources like Zoom or WebEx or Teams or just different video conferencing methods. And probably the thing I I enjoy, I personally enjoy the most when we're engaging with clients in that manner, you know, now we might have one or two members sitting in a Charleston interacting with a client at their business or at their home. And there could be three of us on in Atlanta still being a material part of the conversation with the video screen or the laptop sitting right there in front of the client and they're able to ask me questions or jump into the uh, in another question asked by the wealth strategist or some some other team member or ask investment questions um, as you know those uh, tools have the ability yeah. to share screen so mm-hmm. that the client can be looking at the exact same screen that someone is sitting remote. And, and also, we, you know, we can paint the screen, color the screen, or move our mouse around the screen and say, hey, I'm talking about these lines or this section over here, yep. just to make sure that we're drawing the client's eyes to exactly where we're trying to focus and making sure they're coming with us in right. the conversation instead of moving too fast. So I think that's been a real business uh, benefit in terms of, cer- certainly in terms of travel and, and cost and, and that expense. It's yep. been great for our safety team members as well as clients to, to just stay protected until we continue to work through this and, and not put people at undue risk. 
Yep. But I think the other thing that's happened is if you look at most major companies, um, I'm sure most, most major companies have an IT information technology roadmap of where they're trying to go. And that roadmap could be three, five, seven years out of bringing on new technologies, new software enhancements. Um, as it relates to the banking world, that could be enhancing the way we're doing digital banking, mobile banking, digital payments, um, underwriting for e loans, credit, e-signature, uh, <laughs> DocuSign. I mean, all, all of yeah. these different tools and techniques of what it really takes to do business from a banking perspective. Mm -hmm. At our company, those initiatives got fast-tracked. Yes, they did. Rapidly. You're exactly right. And, and, and that was a lot to digest in a year. <laughs> um, and, and there's still some of that that's ongoing. And, and, and so we certainly felt that. And, there was, uh, and, and that's not even bringing PPP into the picture of the technologies and the resources that had to be created rapidly to serve all of the business clients that we work with today who wanted to partake in those programs. And so mm -hmm. there was a lot of work going on over the past 12 months from a technology perspective to come to market, um, better speed to market, serving clients well. Um, hey, if we've got a little bit of excess time, let's go ahead and fast track something that may have been three or five years out on the roadmap and push that into year one or year two. And it's made us a better business. Yeah. So um, I like to think that using technology for those types of meetings are going to make us more efficient in the future um, to, because of your point. We can have more people on the screen with one interaction. It's going to be more cost effective. Uh, you know, it, it makes me wonder about the future of, um, of office buildings. Yes. <laughs> you know, not to not to scare anybody, but it makes you wonder how that's going to look in the future. Um, there's a question that, that popped into my mind when you were talking just then. And, and, and I think that we can talk about this, and, 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 it, and it's related to this. There is a ton. There, for PPP contributes to this. There's a ton of cash yes. on balance sheets, both personal and commercial. At the same time, interest rates on savings are virtually non-existent. Um, so our, I'm, I'm not going into the details. We're not looking, as we mentioned before, to, to give advice. But um, from a conversational standpoint, from a strategy type of standpoint, what should individuals or business owners, what steps should they take to engage someone to have a conversation about, I'm, I'm making nothing on this savings account. You know, is there something else to do? And I'm not asking you to tell them oh, what sure, that sure. something is. Yes. What process do we take to, to have that Absolutely. Um, and, and that's a great question. And, J.D., that, that is honestly a question we get multiple times a week, several times a day. Mm. Um, th there's just a lot of frustration out there in the marketplace, as you said, with money market rates are, are, are at historic lows, savings CD rates are at historic lows. And, and all of those different vehicles can have a place in a client's picture, along with um, longer term investments that might have more volatility like stocks or bonds and, and, and whatnot. And so it's, it's, it's a really frustrating place, I think, for clients to be that, hey, I may have had this cash or this liquidity sitting in the bank or, or sitting at you know any other financial provider. It's not paying me what I used to pay. Um, the market obviously has experienced an incredible amount of volatility in the past two or three weeks mm -hmm. in that a lot of the um, those really th those technology companies that thrived and did really, really well during the COVID period that that were able to just lever up quickly and create incredible efficiencies very rapidly in COVID. Um, over the past couple of weeks, you've seen some of those, uh, some of the favorite names that are out there take a hit. And so there's a lot of people who are struggling with, okay, where do I go in the middle of this? And, and, and where should I be? And I think that question gets back to the issue of diversification. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And, and I think 
diversification takes on lots of different shapes. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. The way that we go to market and the way that we build portfolios, we're not going to bet or, or have huge allocations to single names that are some of the favorite names that you see out there in the marketplace. Um, you certainly may see that in a client portfolio, or you may see that in some of the underlying assets and some of the vehicles that we pick. But part of the of doing the math and understanding what do you actually have and what do you own is understanding if you've got three or four different vehicles in an equity portfolio, are different managers buying those same favorite names? And now do you have multiple overlap or 3X the exposure that you thought you had? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to build complementary portfolios, as I said, that are gonna weather the, the, the test of time and do well during lots of different periods. Um, and, and not just bet on sort of the favorite sectors that, that have done well. I, I think the one thing that COVID really exposed during this period for lots of clients was it really helped them think through where, where are my risk points? Where do I have too much focus in, in my financial picture? And that was something that we helped address. And what I mean by that is, you know, we had lots of business owners who had thriving businesses. Uh, some of those businesses were surprised in COVID. Some of those businesses thrived in COVID. So, so it was a very wide spectrum of who did what and, and who uh, was able to succeed over the past 12 months. And I think what some business owners realized was, you know what, I've had everything in my business, it's basically my baby, it's my child, and and I know that better than anybody else, and I can make 10-15% of my business every year because I do X and I'm great at it. Mm -hmm. But if they were happen to be in a business that unfortunately didn't do well during this period or maybe suffered a bigger hit than what they would have expected, now this has unlocked an opportunity to, you know what, next time this happens or when Mm -hmm. there's a crisis or a scare or whatever it might be, now I think I want to pivot and have maybe some more assets in cash, maybe have maybe some assets that are income producing real estate properties. Maybe I need to have a little bit more in uh, traditional stocks and bonds. I need to round out my financial picture instead of betting on black every single time uh, in my business. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, we would be the last person to tell someone that they can't run a thriving business. I mean, you know, some folks have been running these businesses for 10, 15, 20 years, and they are exceptional at what they do day to day. And for us to be able to partner and work side by side with them is, is, is really, we're, we're fortunate to be able to do that. But we're also good at the part of the business that we know, mm-hmm. which, which is creating a sound financial plan and a sound financial strategy that is gonna allow you to sleep at night, know that your family, uh, your, your, your heirs and loved ones are taken care of, um, and, and know that, hey, the next time this happens, hey, you know what, I addressed that five years ago with a great team working at Regents Bank. I know they built a great plan for me, and we're gonna execute the plan, we're gonna stick to the plan, and I'm not gonna let what's happening right now that may be a temporary blip for six, 12, or 18 months distract me from where I'm trying to go five, seven, 10 years out. Yeah. That's the value we bring to the table. Yeah, gotcha. Um, in, in Gwinnett, uh, from June 30th, ni- 2019 to June 30th, 2020, uh, in, in, in June of ni- 19, there were uh, $18 billion in deposits in the Gwinnett market. In June of 2020, there were 19 billion. Went up $1 billion. That's a lot. Um, there's a lot of cash out there too. It is. Um, how much of that would you like to manage? Oh, we'll take it all. <laughs> we, we, we can serve clients well across the whole spectrum. You know, whether they're in the consumer channel yep. that we discussed, you know, our yep. branch network, whether uh, those clients want to meet with some of our team members in private wealth, whether it's a great alignment with you over yes. on the commercial side of our, of our house. Um, we just want to work with great people who are advice seeking, 
realize they have needs Mm -hmm. and regions would love to find a way to serve you and your family yeah you know and and just just so everybody knows we've we've had those conversations over you mentioned you're getting these calls every day some of them are from our customers you know we, we we got this cash what do we do and and it's not just well put it in this fund or it's we, we go we step into action when we get that question yes you know and that's i think that's what what separates us it's not a foregone conclusion that because this worked for xyz company or abc family uh, everybody's different everybody has a different set of priorities different set of needs different experiences and and we customize tailor and engage our roadmap for them based on those experiences and, and um, those goals. So absolutely, um, and, and and to be honest with you, I mean there there are a number of clients and prospects that or prospects that we've met with, where after we sit down and spend time with them and and examine what they've got, we actually confirm you're in great shape. You, you've done a phenomenal job aligning with uh, great partners in terms of your, your tax attorney, CPA, um, or, or setting up your wills and estates or those kind of strategies. Um, hey, it looks like you've made some great decisions in your investment portfolio. And if that's a, a, an advisor you've been with for 10, 15 years, yes, we'd love to have an opportunity to work work with you and serve you uh, better or a different way. But But there are times where we do encounter situations where clients have actually done pretty well with their planning um, and, and they're actually on a great track. And if we can round that out or serve them in a different way down the road, we'd love to do that. Well, you think about the, the um, I love that point. And, and I say that to the commercial team all the time. Hey, um, we're, not, we're not obligated to, um, to say that something's wrong if something is absolutely right. And I think in the long term, that is the foundation of a meaningful relationship, whether it's personal, commercial, or, or, or otherwise. It is. It, it builds trust and credibility. Oh, it does. I, You're and, so and I, right. I, I tell prospects all the time, I'm not here to sell you anything. That's right. Um, that, that's not what I do day to day. I'm here to listen and uncover, yeah. um, understand what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Where are you trying to go? What are those things that keep you up at night? What, what, what are the things that you might share with me that you haven't shared uh-huh. with a commercial banker? Um, what uh-huh. are those things going on in terms of family dynamics where, you know what, I've got a thriving business, um, I, I've got a great medical practice, or, or whatever it might be, but you know what? I'm concerned that my 22-year-old who's a recent college graduate isn't gonna make it, or needs a little bit more structure in their life, and if I'm not here, and if he inherits my two, three, five million, um, I'm concerned about what's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. And I've got to come up with a plan. That's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, those are real. Th- th- those are real emotional, personal questions. And when we as advisors can can stop the selling um, and start advising and start solving, when we can get to that level of intimacy with clients to where that kind of conversation gets out on the table, that's where the real work happens. And I, you know, and I think that's a great place to wrap it up because you've identified exactly who we are as an, as an entity, as a business, as a bank, as a partner is, um, nowhere across our bank. Do we, do we consider ourselves or fancy ourselves salespeople? Um, I, I like to think of us as relationship builders. Yes. You know, um, and you know, if, uh, my my wife's name is Amy. If we go a few weeks and haven't spoken to each other, something's wrong. You got to do some relationship building. Yes, yeah, <laughs> some some relationship repair or whatever the case may be. Um, and the same thing applies in business. I mean, if you're doing business with Regions Bank, whether it's our private wealth group or our commercial group or our consumer group, um, you should expect to hear from us. We should have 
an ongoing dialogue about what's important to both of us. You know, how are we going to accomplish together what we've set out to do? Um, I've seen that repeatedly from your team. And, um, and I think that under your leadership and, uh, you know, with the team that you've assembled, we can have a profound impact on existing customers of Regions Bank who are listening and, and, and some of those that aren't. I mean, I'm thinking about what you said about looking at these portfolios. Uh, it, it doesn't cost anything to look. And sometimes if you're a high net worth individual or if you're, uh, you know, rapidly expanding but things are going well, it's just nice to know that you got it right. Yes. Just as much as it is to know that you might have it wrong. It is. In your portfolio, in your plan. Um, so I think that gives us, as you, I love, I love your term, uh, you, you describe it correctly, trust and credibility. Um, that's what we have. Yes. You know, if our customers don't see that we're credible and have trust in us, I think that's what that 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 separates um, that that separates who we are. It, it does, you know, and it, and it sort of takes me back to just that other statement of, you know, stop selling, start solving. It, it it's really that simple. Stop selling, start solving. Yeah. And for me, when when we talk about just those kind of intimate relationships that we have with clients where there's just trust, there's credibility, the client in their mind acknowledges these these folks at Regions genuinely care about me, mm-hmm. care about my well-being, care about my family. And when we ha- and when, after we get started in the relationship and we're able to execute and solve those needs and really deliver for them in the right way, um, I, I personally love it when six months, 12 months later we get to check in and we're at their family home. We're meeting their kids. Um, we're, we're, we're doing updates. We're, we're at the places that they hold dear, and and we almost start to become one of the family yes. and an extension of the family. And it's just accepted. These are our trusted financial partners who are going to help take us home, take our kids home if we're not here, and really help us with our life plan and meeting the goals financially that we've set forth. That's yeah. the place I love being at with clients. And, and you guys are so good at doing that. It makes me think of something that a friend of mine said recently. And, and you know, you and I are both dads and we're, we're girl dads too. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> you know, for so many times I, I've looked at my children and I've said, you got to do this because I said so. Well, someone challenged me recently to change that to away from because I said so to because I love you. And it's changed my pers- – I'm the dad because yeah. I said so. And the kids, who wants to listen because we said the same thing in business? Sure. It's yep. the same. Hey, we, you and I may be some of the smartest dudes in the room, but nobody cares what we know until they know that we care. Exactly. And, and, and in doing so, it is – don't do this because we're smart and we tell you to. We're recommending that you do this because we've uh, captured your vision for what you want to accomplish, and we're giving you this advice because we care for you. Um, I, I think that's a neat way to, 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 to approach it, and, and I see it all the time from your team. Yes, that's a great way to wrap it up, J.D., and I, I just couldn't have said it any better than that. Yeah, thank you for I being here. To, tell us, some, in closing, something that people don't know about you. You know, what do you like to do? You know, you got, you got two – 
a minute or so to, to give somebody a shout out. Tell, oh. tell us something we don't know or, or a shout out or something. Sure. Um, so one thing I love to do, a lot of folks who know me closely would know that I have two daughters, as you said, and they absolutely are just the joy of my life. Um, my daughters are up right outside of the Philadelphia area um, at Lower Marion High School, which is the same high school that Kobe Bryant yeah. went to. Um, and, and they really are, are the joy of my life. Um, I've got a 12th grader and 11th grader, and so they're just entertainment uh, 24-7, right? And uh, my oldest is on the verge of getting ready to decide where she's going to college. And, and so I'm just uh, on pins and needles waiting for that decision to be made. But um, really, you know, it's one of these things when you've been hanging out with your kids for 17, 18 years, taking them up to this point where they're now high school seniors, it's so refreshing to be able to join them at this place where they're about to take that next step and to really becoming their own adult yeah. and, and learning to take care of themselves, figuring out what their career, their future might be. Um, I, I'm, it's an exciting time for me as I get to see these two young girls who are just awesome, they're, they're dynamic, see what their future is going to look like. It's exciting and heartbreaking at the same time. It is. It is. Yeah, I got I, a, I got a freshman at UGA, and she and some friends packed up in a car yesterday and went to Florida. And it's like the first time they've driven far, and you know, I'm watching her on 360. But I too feel that same sense of pride because we, we've done it. We've done our jobs. Yeah, they're ready to go because of the investment that we've made in them. And by the way, not because we told you so, but because we love you. Uh, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, thank you so much. It's been great. This conversation's been great. Um, thank you for listening to Regions Business Radio. Mike, I see you back there. Don't forget, i got to read the disclaimer one more time. Um, can you give me some bumper music? Maybe there's something to, to go underneath. <laughs> uh, thank you. That was, that was a little comic relief. Investments are not FDIC insured, are not bank guaranteed, may lose value, are not deposits, are not a condition of any banking activity, and are not insured by any government entity. This information is provided for educational and general marketing purposes only and should not be construed as a recommendation or suggestion as to the advisability of acquiring, holding, or disposing of a particular investment, nor should it be construed as a suggestion or indication that the particular investment or investment source of action described herein is appropriate for any specific investor. But I'll tell you what is, Ty Smith and his team at Regions Private Wealth. Thank you for tuning in today, and Ty, thank you for being our guest. Thanks so much, J.D. Appreciate you having me on.